with Gwen, episode 48, and I have a new guest. Interesting guest, how we met. This is Ruby, Ruby Reacts. Hey, say hello. Hello, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, just social distancing. Me too, me too. And you're social distancing from where? Uh, California. From California, okay. So look, you guys, this is our first guest from Cali, West Coast in the building, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. And we are going to talk about a topic I've not spoken about on this podcast before, which is one of my favorite shows, which I've mentioned, but I just haven't had anyone to really talk about it with, which is Grey's Anatomy. And I've been, I've watched every episode from the beginning, like forever. And you guys know that I'm on Twitter generally, especially on Sunday nights, but just in general, I'm on Twitter talking about random TV shows. And when I remember, I do tweet about Grace from time to time. And that is how Ruby and I connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. I just randomly tweet. It's like a separate account for just my opinions on TV shows because most of my friends don't care. (laughs) So I find people to connect with that like want to talk about it. Exactly. Samesies. So you guys, this is what the internet does, especially with us social distancing. Uh, People are connecting and we're using the internets for good. So here we are. And so we both were commenting. Now, if you don't watch it, you should still listen because it'll still be a good conversation because it, you know, opinions matter. So what, where we connected was, (laughs) it was really because of the Alex episode. Yeah. I was like, the, well, I had one very specific opinion. And obviously in my own head, I'm like, everyone's going to agree with me. And then I went online and everyone's like, we hated this. Nobody liked it. And I was like, am, am I just like crazy? Am I alone? Have I been really watching too many by myself for too long? And so I was just like, someone let me talk about it. And then that's how you found me. Yes. Yes. So for those of you, you know, just Alex Karev is who we're talking about, the character. And if you guys know anything about Grey's Anatomy, if you don't watch it, you know, it's been on for a long time. Okay, I should take out my phone and try to give a little bit of information here. But um, it's been on for a long time. And he's one of the few original characters who's left. And, well, he was left. Now he's no longer on it. So this was like his goodbye episode. Yeah, it six, it's 16 seasons. If you need if you need random facts, I'm your girl. Like Perfect. I might I might study a little too much. Listen, this stuff. Totally here for it. Okay. But but half our lives we've been watching this man on television. Exactly. This, uh, more or less. Exactly. So for, since 2005, guys, okay? So from 2005, it just it had its like, oh my goodness, 15 year anniversary. It started the first episode was March 27, 2005. So we're pretty invested, oh okay? And he was one of the interns and, like, you know, this was his final season. So let's listen. I like to start off hot. So Ruby, tell what, what's your opinion on what happened? Yeah, so I'll, I'll say my opinion is I personally liked it. At least if he had to go because some of the drama with the Grey's goodbyes is like it's not always like if you want to say organic. It's not because like the story decided like they needed to go. It's usually these actors have been on the show for a while. Maybe they want to do something else. Some people have left because of like work drama. You know, we could go back into history and look at like the whole reasons he kind of, the actor like left, I don't want to say abruptly. Maybe there's something that everybody knew that like we as viewers don't know, but he wanted to go. So they had to figure out a logical ending for him to leave because he had such a like established story over the years. So like he came in on the show, like kind of a problematic, you know, I don't want to call him a scrub, but you know, like he was just like getting into fights with everybody. He wasn't like the best academically. And he had this whole growth over again, over a decade of time we've watched. And so he writes these letters to the primary people in his life as the goodbye. I don't know if, I have like this theory. I don't even feel like the actor did the voiceovers. I feel like somebody did the voiceovers and manipulated them, but that might be a little conspiracy theorist. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, I-, I don't know how you reconcile like, okay, I'll go do voiceovers, but I wouldn't go and do them in person. So they did this thing where they had him write letters to Meredith, the main character on the show, um, to his wife on the show at the time, which is like the big, you know, 
reason a lot of people are torn as to why this was the right way for him to leave and then to his mentors, Dr. Bailey and Dr. Weber. So then, you know, each segment was like him going through each letter, explaining why he left, but then also kind of thanking each of those people for the role that they played in his life and got him to where he is now. So the letters thing I thought was, well, at first I didn't know what was going on. So I had heard that he was leaving this season, but I didn't realize it was that episode. So I was like, wait, what? What's going on? And so then I got, I got it as, you know, he was reading or who else, maybe the, you know, someone else was reading the letters. And then I do recall he wasn't really there the last couple of episodes because his wife, Joe was looking for him. And I guess that was the setup for him, you know, disappearing and not coming back. So I totally agree. He needed, you know, look, he's had so much character development and has been a central person. And honestly, with Christina leaving, he became Meredith's person, right? So mm-hmm. he now became like a very central character. He's always been one, but now you're completely attached to the you know protagonist, the main character. They had to do something that would make sense in all of his history. So it did make sense how they did it. And also, listen, if you guys know Grace, they kill you off, all right? If Shonda doesn't like you, <laughs> you're dead, okay? <laughs> and you'll be brutally True. dead like McDreamy. <laughs> so this was respectful respectable it, it, it left the opportunity that if he ever wanted to come back in the future he's alive that's a win as far as I'm concerned <laughs> that's a win. I think so too and I again I'm always with the theories I'm like the story that they did the results that came of it I was like was Shonda always planning this because it's kind of like a 10 years in the making resolution do you know what I mean well, some, okay, yeah. So we can talk about it because I didn't fact check because I was like, is this fully adding up? Like some of it, I wasn't sure. I was like, this looks good, but I, I would need to go back and see did this all add up in certain respects. But it, it came together in a bow. It, it did, you know, the way she presented it. So anyway, they start the episode there. You're, you're hearing his voice, you know, the, narrating these letters. And I think it started with either Bailey or Richard, uh, Dr. Weber. And... He's, yeah, he's at the he's at the AA meeting. Yes, yes. Okay, perfect. So you have a good memory. I don't. So yes, he was at the AA meeting, and he, you know, is reading this letter and is kind of going through. You know, it's very heartfelt and reflective and all this stuff. Honestly, I can't remember what he said to Richard. Do you? I don't remember. Truth, I did rewatch a little bit because it had been a while. Because this episode, like, it felt like you know we were talking about which ones we wanted to discuss. It felt like it was boom, boom, boom. And there may have been like one or two filler in between because the way I'm looking at everything now, it's like pre and post, you know, this pandemic that we're in. And so this was like right before everything happened. And so that it's like, it feels like another lifetime. But um, yeah, he like starts out. It's kind of weird because like Richard has the letter, but I don't think, I don't think he read it out yet. Like he had like a paper, but you don't know what it is. Like you were saying, like you don't know what's going on until everybody else gets their letters and you see that it's addressed from him. Because with Richard, he just has like a paper he's like fumbling with, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Then Meredith has like evil spawn written on hers, no address. (laughs) And then (laughs) the other two have like the names and addresses and he kind of like addresses like why he doesn't let her know where he is and stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. You know, we don't know if he's reading it, but you hear Alex's voice. And I don't remember exactly what Richard said, but you're really, it's piecing together that he's gone off. And this is like his Dear John letter, like basically like why I've gone off. And he's, you know, saying his goodbyes to the people who've been most influential or impactful in his life, who, who has relationships with at the hospital. So I think before... Alex had said he had been visiting his mom and his mom has had like mental health issues over the years. So that's where they thought he, he was. But as we, as we go through, we hear the narrative of the letters. We find out that he went to Kansas to check in with Izzy. And so for you guys, if you were an early watcher, you know who Izzy is, uh, Catherine Heigl, whose career basically tanked after she left the show, really. But, <laughs> yeah, Catherine Heigl, a cultural touchstone of the early aughts. <laughs> That's where she remained. Yeah, yeah. For she the was, most part. 
she was like big, big time at the time was seemed like she had like a great career going ahead of her and it really didn't it fizzled out. But um, yeah, and it's because she went against Shonda too, because Shonda, I'm surprised didn't kill her. That's true. She didn't whole, kill her. The tea was that she said, you know, like I didn't do, I didn't get good enough work to deserve being nominated for an Emmy, which like, to be fair, nobody in Grace would be nominated for Emmys now with, like, all the TV shows there are. That's so true. she kind of said that and, like, bit the hand that fed her. And Sean was like, all right, so then you can leave. <laughs> and just, like, wrote her out real fast. Because it was kind of I, – I didn't look back to see how she got written out, except that she kind of, like, just left abruptly. But yeah. I remember hers was, like, very inconsequential. And, like, it was so early in the show, too, that I think, like, they weren't thinking about this stuff – in relation to all the fans as much, you know, like they just had their own things to do. Yeah. So, you know, she's been gone a long time, probably to me, 10 years, she's been gone a long time. But, you know, her name has come up a few times, like whenever Alex dates someone or gets into a relationship or they're reflecting on the past of like, you know, characters who've gone, then, you know, she's come up from time to time, but not really recently. So for us to be like, oh, Izzy's alive. He knew where she was. Like all that was a little bit strange. But they piece it together of how he connected with her. So that was because, oh God, now we're going to all the, the mechanics. But when Meredith went on trial because she did basically like insurance fraud and yeah. they wanted to, I guess, take away her license. Oh, because she wasn't compliant with like her community service and all that stuff. So she, not more than that. I'm just diminishing. She it, was just it was, being herself. She yeah. was doing what she always does. Yeah. But then this time, like, she was at risk. So she had a trial. Yeah. And oh, yeah. in this whole trial thing, Alex had done this work to get a lot of character witnesses on her behalf. So it was, like, a super beautiful episode because all of these old patients, like, came back and they did, like, like jump shots where you could see, you know, people from, like, really early episodes then and you see them now and they tell you how she changed her lives, blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know if did any old characters come back. I, I don't recall. I think like they didn't have they had the old patients, like you said. Like I think they had the very first girl from the very first episode, which was kind of cool. Who was yeah. like the teenager girl, and then I don't think they had any of the doctors in person, but they had the letters. And they once you look back on it, I feel like notably maybe they didn't mention Izzy. Like, I kind of remember probably, like, obviously Christina, maybe, like, Callie or Arizona. But I don't recall Izzy's name mentioned. Correct. Yeah. I remember them getting, like, letters or things from other people, but they didn't mention Izzy. So Mm -hmm. Alex, now in the letter, says when he was doing that whole exercise to get people to defend Meredith, this is how he reconnected with Izzy. Yes. Yes. And it was, like, it went from... I think it like went to commercial there and then it came back and he kind like they kept it really separate. So they did like every letter to every person. There was like no interspersing. Yeah. But it was like it, you know, he says he's like with Izzy and then I think they did like a little montage kind of situation. Like I can't remember what was when, but basically like to refresh people's memories, especially if they're not like early Grace Watchers, like, Hey, this is everything that happened. Right. So that people would get it because I think, you know, and we can get into this later, a lot of people really saw him with his wife on the show at the time, Joe, because that's been the story now for like six of the past 10 years. So they kind of, like you said, they stopped really talking about Izzy because I think they were trying to like demonstrate him moving on. Wait, has it been six years already? Oh my goodness. Has it been six years? Yeah, so like with Joe, I had so much promise for her when she started. And then I feel like when she became his girlfriend and then wife, like that's all she became was like an attachment to him. Yeah, I agree. So that's also why I support everything going on is like, she's going to have more to do, you know, on her own now. Yeah. Her character will be, I think will get more developed. I didn't realize it's been so long. The time is really, wow. I guess they have been together a long time. So this is the part that I don't have any recollection. Okay. So we find out, you know, they, he, he goes to Kansas Izzy's living like in you know, the countryside, a rural area with, you know, on a farm, but she's still a doctor, like in a, you know, this isolated place, uh, living a great life. And for you guys don't know, like 
Izzy had like a whole, was it a brain tumor? She had all this stuff, health issues when she was on the show um, that they overcame. And so she like, you know, went away. And so, but now, and I guess this is tying together, but I don't have any recollection of this. So drum roll, the whole reason why he decided to stay with, with Izzy, right? And then, and the reason why he decided to stay is because, well, you can say it, go ahead. They have children. They have two children. And they just like hit you with that too. Like he just very nonchalantly wrote that in all those letters. Yeah. So they have two, she has, she has twins and they're, they seem small, like six or something. I don't know how old they are. And you're like, okay, so how do they have kids? She hasn't been on the show in a decade. He's saying that they had frozen embryos years ago and then she found herself single and then decided to go ahead and, um, you know, do in vitro and she has these twins. Now, I don't remember that. <laughs> it, so, so when I watched back, cause I kind of thought the same thing and like full disclosure, like I work at a hospital, I work in research, so I'm like not so medical, medical, mm-hmm. but you know, these kind of things like you talk about. And so I was like, how can she just create children and not tell him? Like there's gotta be something going on, but of course it's also Grey's Anatomy. So we have to suspend disbelief. And that's like the only reason I think I was like able to get on with this episode is because I was like on a show like this, you just got to believe whatever they say. But he, I remember them making the embryos like when they were together on the show, Mm -hmm. what he explains later that I think wasn't addressed was like, because I'm sure there were people like us wondering like, how did she get away with this? Yeah. (laughs) Is that apparently he signed some paperwork, like very vague, signed some paperwork and said that he did not care what she did with it, which I find, you know, that's where we're getting a little, that's maybe not true. But (laughs) I guess, you know, he was like, whatever, you were sick, you want kids and you left me, like you can have our non-existent kids, probably thinking that she would find somebody else and not ever need to use them. Well, actually, never mind. If you if she were to have kids, because the whole point was that she couldn't naturally have the children yeah. because of being sick. So right. she probably would have with somebody else. But it's the fact that he went to go see her. And I, I don't think that part's explained, like, why did he go in person to go see her? Or, or no, he called her and heard the kids in the background is what he said. And she just straight up was like, they're yours. And so then I guess he just went to Kansas and wanted to see what they look like. Yeah. I don't know. But he, yeah, he went to see them. And since she's single and with their kids, that's kind of what he said is like what drove him past the point of, you know, I think like that divide about the relationships. He said, you know, like you can love more than one person at a time and all other things equal. Like I would not have left my wife to just go back with Izzy. But it's the fact that like we have the opportunity to create a family that none of us ever had before. Which I thought was reasonable. So agreed. I thought that was reasonable because it would take, it would take a lot, you know, besides him leaving Joe, I think it would take a lot for him to go back to Izzy because he was really damaged from her leaving him feeling abandoned. It affected different relationships over time, even before Izzy, because who, oh, I forgot. Wasn't it Meredith's sister that he used to date or am I getting mixed up? He, they did like a, they tried to run him through a lot of women, but yeah, Meredith's sister, Lexi was definitely one that. Yeah. I think they toyed around with until fans really liked her with Mark. And so then that kind of like went out the window. So they had to find someone for him. And I think they specifically created her character. Cause I remember like, I'm just such a geek. I'm always reading stuff that like that year when she showed up, they're like the next woman he's with is going to be the woman for him because he had had so many like crash and burns from Izzy on. And remember he had, do you remember when he dated the lady who like she had an accident she needed like plastic surgery in her face? Like her face was. Oh my God. Yes. So anytime (laughs) I see that woman, I don't know her name, but I've seen her in other (laughs) films and I just think of Grey's Anatomy. I always think of Alex when I see her. Oh yeah. She was on Twilight after. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then you're like trying to watch Twilight and all you can think about is like how he was like taking care of her and she had like hallucinated this whole other existence. And yeah, yeah. He's dealt with a lot. Yeah. And he really <laughs> and loved he was her. Supposed he to really be loved her. That space. was like that. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. After Izzy, that was like a true heartbreak, too. Yeah, I agree. 
So, you know, Joe was, you know, kind of a light in his life because we never, we never saw him having light or, uh, you know, a, ro- a romance that was, that wasn't super complicated or tragic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He was and, always just like taking care of people. Yeah. And he just like, you can tell like he loved so deeply and he kind of just needed someone to do that in return for him, which sucks for her that she's this person who did something really great for him. And then he's like, that was amazing. I'm going to go now. But I, I will say this you know? though. I, I think it, I'll tell you why else I think this made sense. And I don't think I tweeted this, but I do think a turning point in their relationship was when Joe went to meet her biological mother and was rejected by her. And then she came back home and like basically had a breakdown and wouldn't let him in. True. Yeah. She shut him out. Yeah. And I do think that was a turning point in their relationship because really there really was, especially for everything he's gone through, his own traumas with his, his family, all of these things, there really was no reason for her not to open up to him. And she even made a comment like, oh, I thought he ran away because I did it to him. So that's trivializing it. You know, I recognize that as trivializing it. But I do think that was a crack in the relationship where it's like, you know, that security he had with her for her to have something traumatic happen to completely shut him out and be pretty horrible to him. I'm not saying that, you know, you people can't recover from things like that. But I Mm -hmm. do think for me, it was a turning point where like, okay, yeah, this relationship, I don't know if it's going to really last anyway. I feel so bad because I was just like, I've been so over her that when like everything with her was happening, like as emotional as it was, I was like, I just couldn't even connect almost. I was just like, you know, this is terrible. But you know, I couldn't, I could empathize with her, but I just also wasn't like understanding where, like you said, like blocking everybody out when they both bonded over having all these traumatic experiences. It's just like, it's just like you said, you have to be able to be with that person. That was like their test. And it's kind of odd that, you know, so close, relatively speaking to him departing, they had waited so long to put a test in the relationship because otherwise it had been fairly like you said, lighthearted, you know, they had some of the classic, will they, won't they, you know, they would have little moments here or there, um, you know, like DeLuca, who they toss into anything going on to see what sticks. <laughs> they were like, let's have him have a crush on Joe. <laughs> and let's, and I say that he's a beautiful man. I, I like what they're doing with him right now, but <laughs> they really played with him. Like, let's see which like peg he fits in. And, like, they gave him a random crush on her that sprouted out of truly nowhere and had, you know, Karev beat him up or go to jail or I don't know what. And, like you said, we can't believe it's six years because there's so much randomness lost between, like, her entering and him leaving. Yeah. It's just, like, very chaotic. Yeah. No, I agree. So... You know, I agree. That's right. To look, that's a funny point. That's that's true. It is. He has been all over the place. Like bless him. He he does well with whatever they give him. But yeah. they really just do a lot random with him. Yeah. He yeah. He has yeah. He's not a stable character. They they really have just thrown him into random situations at this point. I totally agree. It was a little bit late, but I guess that was kind of the prefacing, the foreshadowing of this, and maybe we didn't take it that way. But I actually thought I was like her reaction was strange being everything they've been through, everything that their shared history, I thought it was strange. So to me, I was like, okay, so you're trying to foreshadow that something's going to happen. And then, you know, this happened. So, which I don't think is a justification, but hey. Yeah. And I think like the writers or the editors, whoever, I don't know these jobs, like whoever put this episode together to explain what happened, I think did a good job of picking things that we forget over time because we just kind of think big picture picking all these moments where she kind of always doubted their relationship a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And she always kind of felt that like Izzy ghost in the back of her head, because like there was one of those anniversary episodes where they had all these patients who were like the main five interns Mm -hmm. and they had like an Izzy like one. And he kind of talks about her and, you know, she tells him like, it's okay to go like, you know, talk to her if you want to see how she's doing. And it was like wild because I didn't even remember this episode, but he had like pictured a whole life for her, but didn't want to reach out to her, but said like he didn't want to want wonder. And I'm like, that's like, definitely means that that wasn't closed ever, no matter how far along he went, because he was, he still was thinking about her. 
enough that he pictured a life for her, but like also couldn't just call her and say like, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I Which I thought was like that. really crazy because it's just like, I just had forgotten about it. Right. Yeah. No, no, I do not. You're jogging my memory. Yes, I do recall that. So they left it open ended for, I guess, some type of closure with Izzy and Alex, and we got it. And so, you guys, Alex's real name is Justin Chambers. That's the actor's name. Um, you know, so it's fine. So to me, okay, it, it made logical sense because for him to be so tied and so bonded with Joe and to get his life together and to have risen and really had this whole character turnaround for him to, like, leave like a creep, honestly, because you're not, you know, he didn't, he didn't even have the guts to have the conversation. He just disappeared. Yeah. It would have to be something like morally justifiable where you could have some level of empathy or at least uh, see where he was coming from. And so knowing his background, his troubled childhood, all his challenges he's had, for him to want to have the opportunity to be a stand-up father, it makes sense. You know, I, I can accept it. Right. I can accept it. You know, him leaving, like, like I said, a Dear John letter is kind of weird, but I can accept that the reason why he did it was because, you know, he wanted to have this life with Izzy. And we've always known that she was the love of his life. Also, this is so nitpicky and random, but do you think somebody would really write letters? Like, don't you think you could email someone? Agreed. Is that totally worse? Agree. Like, which one is better? Like, does it make a difference? I don't know if, like, I was just, like, looking back on it when I was rewatching, and I was like, those are really long letters. And I know my hand, like, I like handwritten things, but if it's going to be long, the penmanship suffers. And I was just like, does, do we really think he wrote four letters? Or if somebody in real life was doing this, which, again, it's not. It's Grey's Anatomy. No, I, I agree. No, These I, are just I totally things agree. I think it's, about. It's, no, I agree. I mean, it's not to be that picky, but let's be real. Like, let's be real. In this day and age. In 2020. To write a letter, like, honestly, you guys. So let's talk about handwriting. So you guys, when you're little, it, well, at least I feel like, you know, when I was little, you know, we'd write in school and stuff like that. And you were more accustomed to it. But by the time I became, like, a teenager, I was really typing stuff. So if I write a full page, my hand hurts. Like, it just, like, I can't do it because exactly. we don't have the practice of doing it because we type everything. So I, I, I think it, it's a little bit far-fetched. Now, granted, there, I guess they're, I don't even know how they're supposed to be on the show at this point, but, um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's another nitpick for the Richard one in the future. Like, we'll talk about the ages because I'm like, how old is everybody? Yeah, I feel like they're trying <laughs> to he's... roll the clock back on people. I, I don't know. Sorry to digress on that. I was just like, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, if I'm writing a letter and he has so many thoughts, I, if I'm thinking that fast, I can't even write that fast. Yeah let alone write clearly because, you know, you kind of just, you would think he's overwhelmed with everything going on. But I was just like, that's a lot to write. I mean, it's for the nostalgia. It's for the, you know. Yes. The the dramatic effect of it. Yeah, exactly. The dramatics, the theatrics, I get it. So they have these, you know, handwritten letters and, you know, four page letter like Aliyah, if you guys get that reference, we need to say what, what did he give Joe? Oh, the shares. Which it means she's going to be around. Yes. So, which I was like, oh, but since he's left, I actually already like her a lot more. So I guess there's hope yet for her. So if you guys recall, oh God, we're taking it back. That that same plane crash that uh, a medical plane, I don't remember what they were doing, but some of them went on the plane. They it crashed. That's when um, Meredith's sister died. Well, I can't remember her name. What's her name? What was my sister? Lexi. Lexi, yeah. That's when Lexi died. And then did Mark like have a fake, like he had like a fake making it and then he died anyway? Is that, I think. Yeah, I think again, it was like people would have just rioted. They would have just been like, this is not okay. They never would have been okay with something else. So it was like he made it at the end of that season. And then like two or three episodes in, they were like, he's out. Like, He's not going to make it. And again, frankly, I'm like, I get way too into some of these pairings. And I was like, well, that's the only answer. <laughs> it's like, not everyone has to die. Like some people can be okay. But I know, I know. On Grace, I was like, that's the only answer. Yeah, she but yeah, but she loves to kill somebody. Let's be honest. She does. She certainly does. She so, loves um, to get creative. Because the George one is the one that always, I'm like, I've watched that episode at least five times. And I still don't get it. <laughs> like I still don't fully get I, I mean, she I, just, like, she was mad at him. She was mad at him. She was. <laughs> she was mad at him. The George episode is like, oh, 
you're going to defy me. Well, I'm going to obliterate your character. You'll never come back. You'll never work here again. And <laughs> petty, like, petty. and and honestly, yeah. that was, you know, the, I think like the, how cruel the death is, is like depending on how she's feeling, because that's the same thing that happened to McDreamy. Like, I was just about to say, and if she's angry, she get you get hit by a car. That's yeah. what we've learned. Or a, or a bus. I think his was like a Mack truck. It was yeah, something it was, yeah. really ridiculous. It was yeah, like it was he saved truck. everyone's lives and then boom, like he just got hit by a car. Yeah. I was like a wreck for that one. Yes. I, was a wreck. I think I was too. It's like I I like started Grey's late and by late I mean just like season four. Okay. And I like went back to watch them and I was just like never – that into him and Meredith, which is like a wild thing to say on this show. But I feel like there's so many other couples that were so much better to each other. Mm-hmm. And I get that a lot of it again is for drama. But you know, like, you know, fans of anything, they'll be like, this is who I want to be a couple. And sometimes people pick really problematic couples across different TV shows. Yeah. And every time I rewatch it, I get angry at him. And I'm like, Shauna did the right thing. <laughs> it's Shauna's show. She knows best. But yeah, I, I mean, will still uh, cry because I was broken up though. Um, Pompeo yeah. did a great job. Like she deserves all those millions. She does. Although, okay, we're going into the rock. We're going back in time. Although I don't, I didn't really like, so when McDreamy, I don't know why I keep calling him that, but McDreamy died, I didn't like, so they try to do a, duck, a juxtaposition of Meredith's mom, Ellis, hiding a pregnancy and her also hiding a pregnancy, which is why she was gone for a long time and then suddenly came back because she was emergency contact. And I think Alex was the person who then found out that she had the the the, the baby, the last baby she had. She got she was pregnant um, after he passed away um, or she'd gotten pregnant before he he passed, but she didn't know. And so I just I just. I don't know. I, I I didn't really. I was like, okay. Like I knew I knew she was going to get pregnant that last time though. I just knew it because we knew he was passing away, and so I knew that she was going to get pregnant just by the oh, way yeah. they had done that scene. But the whole like, oh, I'm 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 having amnesia, and now I'm suddenly remembering that my mom had a baby, and I totally forgot about it until now when I'm having hiding a baby too. I was like, okay, sure. The, um, yeah, they just do some of those randomness, and I just like. Just don't. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, but sometimes it's just like it makes it just is like a real stretch. Sometimes I yes. thought it was like kind of interesting. Um, at the end, they bring back Richard because, like, I frankly had forgotten that he got a letter. To be honest, I thought yes. it was really just like Meredith, Joe, and Bailey. Right. But at the end, they kind of did this scene with Richard where like Richard was so mad at him for like giving up all of the professional opportunities he had. But they did a parallel of like. Richard, Adele, his longtime wife that had, has since passed away, and Ellis, Meredith's mom, who was his affair, versus Alex, Joe, and Izzy. And it was kind of like Alex went the route that Richard didn't, right? in a way. And so, like, Richard was maybe angrier because, like, that could have been him. And I thought that was really interesting because maybe it wasn't intentional, but, like, it got set up that way, but then for me, like everything Shonda does is intentional. So that's why I'm like, the wheels are always turning in my head. Like, was this always going to happen? And it was just like a matter of time. I mean, maybe. I mean, who's to say? We don't know what goes behind beyond behind the scenes. Who's to say that you know they didn't have a conflict at one point, or there was they were considering maybe he was going to leave. So and know, just like yeah. maybe too, they never wanted to split up Alex and Izzy. But because of the conflict with Catherine Heigl, they did. But then since he wanted to leave, they're like, oh, wait, we can make this still like a happy ending for like, I felt like I had waited 10 years for this, to be honest. Like when they were doing the montage of him and Izzy at the end, Mm -hmm. I was like, because I was really into them in those early years. So I was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And I kind of just forgot that I was ever waiting for it because I just thought we were going to forget about that. So it was like this weird, like very latent validation for me when I saw like them together and kind of like, like we said, they tied it up in a bow that had a couple wondering moments, but like overall made a lot of sense. I mean, I just, I just don't know why she couldn't have Izzy back on. Like she's not doing anything. So she could have come. Well, that's just team petty. That's also, that's like, I don't think she'll ever be let back on unless they do like a, 
eventual series finale of some sort. It's silly. I mean, look how long ago that was. Who cares? You won. The girl's career didn't go anywhere. Who cares? Let True. her come back. So, um, yeah, I was like, and he didn't even show up in the in yeah, the did. episode. Yeah, he did. It was just like random actors, and then the poor little kids. Yeah. So I, I was like, no, have her, have her come back. That'll be like the piece de resistance. Everyone will be like, oh my god, you'd have so many viewers just because it would be wild yeah yeah i think it's stupid but fine so yeah so anyway so he does that joe he has divorce papers for her or there's divorce papers at some point but um you know he does do her solid and gives her the millions he got oh yeah because when there was a plane crash then they sued the hospital or there was a settlement and then they got money and also like ownership in the hospital i can't remember the whole details of how that happened but like they're all filthy rich and so he gave her the shares in the hospital yeah which is fair he was like here's everything like he was just cutting all his ties to everything going on there and was just like you have it and he and he was like I mean, how else could you be? But, you know, he was, like, very affirmative towards her. Like, this had nothing to do with you. Like, please don't ever think, like, this was about you. It was about me and, like, this opportunity I have for that life that I've wanted. And it just, like, happened in a really poor circumstance, like, in relation to us. You know what I mean? So I think he just, like, was trying to do the best he could and was just, like, here's everything. Sorry I'm a coward and put it in a letter. And that was that. I thought I thought also – to backtrack a little, a really good line, because we were talking about how he became married to this person, mm-hmm. was that in his letter to her, he did, like, a very specific statement that started with, like, you've always been your own person. Yeah. And I think that was, like, just, you know, melts my little bleeding heart, too, of, like, you know, that's a good message to send to people, too, is, like, you can have these important friends in your life that are your lifelong friends and that have changed your life. And, like, they showed all the things that those two have been through, which is, like, wild to watch in like just in a row watch those 16 years of development of the two of them as friends yeah and you know and he was like you we're not no longer friends you're just not allowed to come here and change my mind you're allowed to come here with your family and like exist with us you know and and celebrate everything that's going on which i thought was pretty cool all's well that ends well he tells everyone he will not be returning to seattle basically you know this is the only this is the only place in the universe and and these modern times that people can disappear off the face of the earth but people seem to do it on this show and so without posting about it online yeah there's no trace there's no social media there's no website of the hospital he's going to be going to where you can see his bio okay yeah people just disappear on the show and so now he's disappeared too and you know Meredith no longer has her person at all she's really alone you know because that whole actually if I think about there are no more interns from that first season on the show nope just she's the one of the five yeah she's she's the last one standing and so it's her Bailey Weber and like the little Asian nurse who's always in the background I might yes Bokey yeah, that's her. That's it. I don't. I don't think there's anyone else who's like the original cast. Did like, you see her do like the sign of the cross on the surgery last night? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's one of my aunties. She just said, you know, please, Lord, protect him. I was like, that's how long she's been on the show. Like she's integral. Yes. So, um, so that was that. So, you know, farewell, Alex. The the episode was called Leave a Light On. It aired March 5th. My goodness, you're right. This was like pre-crazy. It was like right before everything happened. Yeah. Which is wild. He said goodbye and we said goodbye to going outside. Like <laughs> it just happened back to back. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that was that. Farewell, Alex. We'll see if they even mention him again. Sometimes people are good for like acting like no one was there, but uh, we'll see. <sighs> so let's switch gears. You know, RIP Alex, although you didn't die, but you kind of might as well have. So, mm. hey. The next, okay, so you're right. There were some fillers. So after that, episode 19, that's the one I want to talk about. 19 is Love of My Life. And that aired March 26th. And this one, this one pissed me off. So <gasps> I was like, wait, what are she mad? I, because I feel like, and I don't know, and I didn't see the last, I didn't see last night, right? So I saw this one and the one after it. 
And I'm like, okay. wait, so we're, what? Because I didn't, I don't recall seeing any signs of Richard suddenly having a decline. So I could be wrong. I have to see how it all turns out. But I'm like, it's it's weird. So this episode, I'm just going to start it off. They, a few of them, it's it's Richard, Maggie, Teddy, um, and the new, is he Irish? Where's he from? Where's that guy? Yeah, he's Irish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the new Irish doctor, don't really know his name. They go to some, like, convention or something like doctor medical conference or something and when they're there there's a lot of stuff going on inside i mean i don't know if to talk about maggie meets some guy hooks up it's whatever it's just it's a... maggie needed a break <laughs> we needed to give her that break yeah yeah maggie's had a rough time she's had a rough time so she randomly meets some dude that she knew before and then she hooks up with him and then the Irish guy has all these um, like flashbacks to, I guess, his wife who maybe he met at that convention. Yeah, it seemed like it was. So this episode was kind of like giving us these little backstories to people that we don't really see that much. Yeah. And so I think it was like we have heard that he has a dead wife is like all we know about him and that Christina sent him to be married to this new dude. Yeah. And so it seems like the flashbacks, he met his wife at that conference because she was just like pulling a, you know, like a quick weekend job, you know, handing out pens to promote whatever company hired her as like a temp is what it seems like. Yes. Oh, you're, you're right. We did get background on other people because this is where we got background on Teddy, who we guys know. So Teddy's was there seasons ago. She left. She came back. I like Teddy being back, actually. And Teddy, we now find out that she had a lesbian affair, like very random. It was kind of random background stuff in this this episode. It was it was the revelation that apparently Teddy has always been messy because I think a lot of us when she came back, we were like, oh, she seemed pretty level headed. And then all of this is happening. And they were like, no, guess what? It's been 20 years of her acting like this. Like, apparently you know it's just a theme that That's a great she point. doesn't have emotional regulation, which I can also kind of rationalize. But I do love Teddy. And I think it was, like, kind of good to see her in a bad light because she's one of those characters, I think, where a lot of us just, like, always like her because she tends to not do too much wrong. That's an excellent point. I never thought about it. Teddy has been pretty messy since they brought her back. So when she was on, like, in the seasons before, I don't remember her being messy. Like, I, we've always known she loved Redhead. What's Redhead's name? Ugh, Owen. Owen. Oh, I, love, I saw a meme way. that was like, if 2020 is a, or like, if 2020 was a person and it was a picture of him, like on a Grey's fan page, oh it was a picture of Owen. And I was like, oh, true or words. Owen is like, I love Owen so sweet. I've said I was like, God, I want to be a guy like Owen. Owen is so sweet, like fundamentally. Um, True. So I love Owen, and actually, I didn't like Owen and Christina because she. I don't think she was a good fit for him. But you know, no, I, I, they like so Lifetime will play like old Greys all the time. So like if you know, with all this work from home, mm-hmm. someone had told me like, oh, it's on, as if I don't have it on Netflix, as if I'm not watching it in real time. I'm like, sure, let's play it on Lifetime. And so it was like the first season he was on. Mm-hmm. And what's wild too, I'll find a new adjective eventually, but what's really crazy is that his first season was also Izzy's last season. Like they've shared TV together and I would never think about like those two crossing over. But he's like had so many changes. And like you said, Owen and Christina was kind of exciting, but not a good fit long-term. Yeah. And then I kind of liked him and Teddy... And then, oh, and I liked him and Amelia at first, but then they got too chaotic for me. Like, they both just ebbed and flowed way too much. And to be fair, I kind of, if, like, you want to talk the triangles, I really like Teddy and Tom, which I feel like is also me too. an unpopular opinion. I like but, Teddy and Tom. I think. And I like him. I love a weirdo. Like, <laughs> if you can't tell by the idiosyncrasies in this podcast. I'm a little weird, love when there's weird characters, and I really like them together. Like, I love how much he likes her and loves her. I do, too. I I like Teddy and Tom. I think they are good for each other. She brings out good in him, and he he had, like, some excitement that she needed. I think they're actually good together. Um, I don't think they've ever put a woman on the show who was really good for Owen in the... 
She could have been good for Owen, but they have so much history where it was unrequited love that it's not going to work because she felt rejected by him all of these years because she's always loved him. So it's not going to work because this is like a whole other lesson Gwen could give you guys, but it's just, you know, when you, people sometimes have this whole thing like, oh, you know, unrequited love works, but not if it's one-sided. If you felt like you wanted someone and you were close with them, but you've been friend-zoned all this time, when you get with them, people think, oh, you'd be so happy to get with them. But it could be that you actually feel some resentment because you were friend-zoned all that time. So absolutely, I actually, I actually don't think that because of the history, it actually was going to work. And so they really needed to just be friends. And now it's gotten so complicated because of the pregnancy and then he's with Amelia and all of these things that really they should just be friends. And Tom is who she really should be with. And they... I wish they would give Owen, like, a decent chance because he's such a sweet man, but... Yeah, I think there's just, like, not a character that's been on screen that, like, fits with him well. Like, Amelia was, like, good for a minute, but I really like Amelia with Link now. And then Teddy, like you said, I absolutely agree. It's just, like, why are you waiting around for a man that, again, we don't know these timelines because Grace plays games with us. It could be five years. It could be t- like almost 20 years because this episode kind of reveals that she um, enlists in the military after 9-11. So like th- she's been waiting on him forever. And yeah. firstly, like you said, a lesson. Don't do that, people. <laughs> Don't wait for somebody for a decade. And like not just wait, but like she never pursued anybody. She had the patient that she like inadvertently fell in love with. I don't know if you remember that story. I don't remember this at all. It was this guy, Henry, who, like, needed health insurance to get a surgery, so she married him. It was, like, kind of, like, almost a Denny repeat story, but he Uh, had something else going on. But basically, she marries him so he can have health insurance, and then she gets to know him. And then I think they killed him off because – Yeah, because – and Christina's the one that kills him, which was, like, crazy drama. And I think it was because he was on Scandal. Like, maybe they picked him up for Scandal, so Shonda had to shuffle her – chessboard Uh, a little bit got it got it but also served great drama in that christina you know killed her love because she didn't know who was on the table it was like it was just like a whole grace thing yeah i remember but i remember that but you know teddy kind of like falls in and falls deep and like is ready to commit Mm -hmm. and it's wild that like tom is probably the first person to absolutely do that for her and she wasn't even ready for it. And she said in this episode, um, like we can get into her backstory with the affair and stuff. She told this woman who she knew 20 years ago and ran into at the conference, like I was not capable of letting someone love me fully, which I think is like a very good quote to put with her because I think it explains like her through line throughout the series. You know what I mean? Like maybe she always just held out for Owen because it wasn't risky because he wasn't coming for her you know what I mean yeah yeah no that's fair I think I think that is fair there there is merit it it was kind of random but then we find out that she had this secret um same-sex affair with her roommate who had a girlfriend it's a whole triangle thing and then the the lady was like can't you just admit it it's been 20 years and then she's like the lady has to basically say I knew that you were with her because I pulled her phone records and you were the last person she called you know before the building crumbled in New York whatever on September 11th super super and that's just like a lot to drop on that medical conference reunion by the way it it was a lot it was was a lot because it's just I was trying to think about it thinking about when we watch like other tv shows and movies and like you know if we're watching some like old romantic film and they you know if it's like a Nicholas Sparks and they're talking about World War II kind of casually and and to us we're like sure World War II because it wasn't really our time mm-hmm. but for those of us now that lived through 9-11 to say like she called she was the last phone call before she dropped to her death to drop that on somebody is like very heavy and shocking and again came out of nowhere because the preview I don't know if you watch this live on tv or how you watch it but let me tell you the preview was just that Maggie was gonna get laid that's the only (laughs) thing they previewed on this episode I said oh yes I'm gonna get a glass of wine it's gonna be a little sexy time for Maggie these are those filler episodes that don't happen in the hospital so we're just gonna they're just gonna have fun because it's been rough and then all of this happened okay I don't so I don't watch it live I stream it so I never see previews uh which is 
generally, which is good for me. But I it's probably for the best because they lie. Because all they showed me was Maggie hooking up with a hot guy. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a great one. And it was a good episode. It was just like there were so many heavy stories because you have, like you said, Teddy had had this friend of hers that she was also romantically involved with. And then it was also an affair. So it was letting us know that it's not the first time Teddy's engaged in an affair. Yeah. She also named her child after her dead girlfriend. Did you catch that part? Yes. Yeah. I remember that. I haven't. I'm like, I'm also into astrology. I'm like, is Teddy a water sign? Because that's a lot of emotion that we got like oh placed my God. Okay. into this now, human. I'm going to tell you have to come back because we need to have an astrology episode, but we're going to leave this. <laughs> okay. To, we can have I an astrology episode. I have a lot episode. of feelings about characters of zodiac signs, about housewives zodiac signs. But yeah, no, I was just like, this is a very like almost toxic bond to, you know, and I mean, obviously she lost this person she was in love with in a tragic way, but. There's something about naming your child after an ex when the other parent of the child probably doesn't, doesn't know, know that that's who it's named after. Yeah, it's 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 manipulative, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's just a little, little yeah. dark. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, these were just things I picked. Where I, again, like I told you, I was expecting a very lighthearted episode. So like, all of this happening was really crazy. But I do think that for the purpose of the show, because I think a lot of people complain about how the show now doesn't invest in their characters as much, you know, with let's say the Joe Karev, the Schmitz, the Helm, like all these other interns or residents or kind of, you know, they used to do such a good job because they would more so just weave like one character in at a time when you'd bring in like Cali or Arizona Mm -hmm. um, or even Lexi and Sloan, there was such a more dedicated effort to that person. But since there's so many people on screen now, it's harder to do. So I think they actually did a good job with this episode of addressing three, you know, Maggie's been there a while, but I think they just needed somebody more familiar, but so that they could develop these other people's stories because the Irish doctor's story I thought was really interesting to um, kind of like seeing how he lost his wife. Uh, the show, like, they do a lot of work on trying to bring now storylines that are real things that happen to people. And they try to actually make it medically accurate. Um, And I just know this from a job I had in school. I studied public health. And so like I worked with a company that would work with them to make the storylines accurate, if that makes sense. So like I would just code the data. So we would just be saying what, what is being presented and is anything a myth is anything factual, things like that. And they have a separate company that like, you know, is all the medical consultants to actually make it realistic because nowadays people consume scripted media and they just take it as fact no matter what. So when it comes to health stuff, they kind of want to make things more accurate. And I've seen lots of women experience what his wife experienced too, which was like a very, to me, like it just hit me personally. Mm. And I think it was important to talk about, you know, these are things that actually can happen to people as scary as that sounds, you know? So, and I think it won me over. No, 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 that one. So I'll tell you, which is no getting personal here. So it wasn't for the same reasons, but I'm, I'm familiar with that. Um, my, on this podcast, I guess I've mentioned a few times, my aunt passed away last year and I took a hiatus for a while and I just restarted the podcast this year and my aunt had uterine cancer. And at the time when she was first diagnosed at one hospital in New York, I'm not going to name it because I hate that particular hospital in Brooklyn, but she, and we didn't, she didn't end up getting treated there. But she, when she was there first, the, uh, the GYN oncologist, he wanted to do, he wanted to do a, a robotic surgery to remove the tumor and it, it, it grinds, it grinds the tumor and, and, and extracts it. And the... We went to, we got two more opinions at two different GYN oncologists, and the other two uh, did not want to do it. Um, although they also are certified in the robotic surgery, but they didn't want to do it because they say there is a risk that when it's grinding the tumor to ex- extract it, um, that like flex of um, cancer cells could spread inadvertently. And so I was. And so we ended up not doing it and they did a traditional surgery. And so uh, that was like something real that happened because if we hadn't gotten the second opinion, um, 
who's to say what would happen? She ended up having like, she was in remission for a year and then she, it came back and she had a very aggressive form of cancer. But that was actually a conversation we had uh, with two, two specialists, but one wanted to do it. So I was thinking like, wow, like this is very reminiscent because I remember like three years ago, this was a kind of conversation, not for the same thing, not for fibroids, which I think she had fibroids, right? Is that what she had? Yes. That, um, I think when it got, well, I, I think that's what I wasn't sure about is that they were saying like, you could do it for a fibroid, but you may not know if it's actually a cancer um, mass. And and it is complicated. And, and I have, personal experience with this too. And, and it's scary, you know, you have to really advocate for yourself. And like you said, get the second and third opinions, because just because someone's a doctor, it doesn't mean that they know what's the right thing for that patient all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was, and so, yeah. So no, I, it, it was a very piece, real story. It was very real. And, um, the fibroids piece to me, I have like a lot of people I know in my family, family friends who have fibroids and they've had different uh, surgeries not going thank god I haven't had it but it's it's pretty common and um but so I got the I got the notion that I okay now we're getting look guys look at this here we have Ruby who I don't even know we're telling all these personal stories but this is how I like to do so random I actually have talked about wanting to have a an, um, an episode on just on like gynecology because I was talking to uh, uh, you guys, Ishmael, who was on episode 43, American Psyche. After we cut, we were just talking about like health and how guys don't like to go to the doctor, all this stuff. And I was saying to him that I felt like guys are ridiculous because like to me, gynecology is like medieval times. And I just feel like it's, it's crazy. So I said, some of the things are wild. So I'll, I'll just share, share a story. So Gwen had like, um, I've had all these issues randomly to guys don't ask. So, but at one point I needed to, uh, get this thing called a sono histogram. And this is when they, put um like they put water in your cervix like liquid in your cervix to mm-hmm. illuminate it so you can see what's in there right and I had polyps I can say I had polyps but at the, I remember when I first the first doctor they were like ooh and ah and I'm like what's going on they're like do you see that and I'm like this is really weird like they're looking at my scans and ooing and aahing and um they were talking like is it a fibroid is it a polyp blah blah and then you know eventually everyone's like it was polyps but they didn't know because sometimes you can't see it's not like 3D where you can actually clearly identify. So sometimes if you have growth in your uterus and they're not sure, um, it could be a fibroid, it could be a polyp, they're not necessarily sure. And so I could see just relating it back to this gray story that if someone were to have a growth, you assume that it's a fibroid, but it could ha- it could have cancerous tissue because obviously they're also um, a lot of times doing biopsies of, you know, whatever they're extracting, uh, if, depending how you do it, if you have a DNC or whatever you have. So the story resonated with me a lot of levels. Cause like, I just told you guys, I've had this, it was like a little shop of horrors, like the most horrible experience. I've had it twice. Um, I've had it too. And yeah. And have me back because I studied public health. I completely agree with you. It's so important, especially women, especially minority women. My mom's from Puerto Rico. I like Latina women don't talk about this stuff. You know, like it's very, even more so than most women, you know, like certain cultures, you know, I've listened to some of your other episodes talking about different cultural differences across the country and everything going on. And it's like, women are just supposed to like be still in 2020 adorable. We don't know what periods are. We don't know what's going on down there. The fact that there's so much mystery to what's going on in women's bodies, and I think it's partially like a cycle, is that we don't talk about it. So by the time a medical professional can find it, it's too late for a lot of people. And then therefore, they can't study and learn from it. And then they can't provide that advice in the future to their patients. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's just cyclical, and it's and I really love talking about this stuff too. I mean, it's one of my personal passions because – I think it's just so important for women to take care of themselves. And, you know, even in this day and age, we kind of put everybody else before ourselves. And so, you know, it's don't be afraid to talk about it. It's normal. It's great that you mentioned that story too, because I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's a very uncomfortable procedure. You feel awful afterward. You don't even know if you're going to get the answers that you're looking for. And you really have to 
do trial and error and go to different doctors and it's, it's complicated. Yeah. So I think clearly that story hit us and, you know, I appreciate that, that it hit us for like a real reason and not for some grandiose reason, like the two people in a, with a pole in the middle between them from a train crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. It hit us because this is something that happens to unfortunately women quite often. Yeah, absolutely. So look at, like, guys, look at this is crazy, but it's true. So that story we're getting the validity, but for me it resonated because I, like I said, my own experience, my aunt's experience and that unfortunately is real. And so when you, if you're going through a medical crisis or just a medical situation, I know a lot of times it's like, I'm listening to a doctor and it, and it sounds right and I'm going to do it. And it's also hard because you're balancing your regular life and everyone doesn't have time. And you're like, okay, well, I went to my doctor, that's fine, but I really strongly, and I, I can't tell you guys enough from so many experiences. I can talk about this on another episode because I've just had so many things with my family and just having to really be an advocate um, and really having hard conversations with medical personnel and really challenging them respectfully, but also making sure you do your own research and read white papers and do all these things so you can speak in a way in which you can really get the information you need. But it's really important to advocate for yourself, but also to get uh, different opinions because you, you know, different doctors have different levels of expertise, different levels of experience, and you really need to feel comfortable that you are being given the proper guidance. And honestly, I do think three is better because sometimes you just have two different opinions and you don't know. And sometimes you need that third opinion to really weigh out like what is the right path forward. So that and that I agree. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like up your butt, like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. And just agree with everything you said. But like, absolutely. That's kind of what pushed me over too. Is like, I lived somewhere more rural. I had the one, not rural, but you know, like kind of halfway between two major cities. I used to live in Northern California and I lived like halfway between San Francisco and Sacramento. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have access to either of those easily. So I had like my doctor who I trusted and, you know, I work in healthcare. Like I'll, I'll know that I'm with somebody capable and I didn't get what I needed. And so I went to a second opinion and they told me something even crazier. And then I got like a new doctor. I moved down um, to Southern California and luckily connected with a doctor where I work. And I was like, you know, blessings come in all forms. And sometimes I say like, I ended up here to find the answers to the questions that I had and the needs I had. So you just have to keep going. You do. You do. Um, and yeah, we can totally have another episode because I fight. To- Sorry. Yeah, I was like, no, no, now no, we no, can talk not- about Maggie. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's not bad, day. but we can because this is a topic I would love to talk about. And listen, you guys, I'd like to give you real information, real facts. You guys know I've had my cousin, she's an ER nurse who talked about COVID. Um, I would love to talk about women's health and certain things and I guys have like I always have a funny story like it's it's real but it's funny and like sometimes it's serious so I can tell you guys that whole sign on histogram like how that whole came about and it wasn't the first time I had to have a second one in like all crazy things that were happening for me to get to uh the point where I am now so I would love to have no problem sharing it because um you know people don't know and like you said women don't talk about it and when actually if we have the episode. I'm going to stop now because I could talk all about it, about when you start to talk to other women, if you start you to find out other people have the out of this. <laughs> yeah. So look, Grace did a good job. We'll say that. Look, look at that. It resonated. Exactly. It was real. They did a good job. And, and do you know ugh. that last night was the last episode of the season because of COVID? Oh, I did not know. I know nothing. Look at this. I had no idea. Just want to give you the heads up so that you go into it knowing it's technically the last episode, but it may not feel like a final episode. But I thought it was okay for an inadvertent finale. So what happened is, like, I guess they were still filming. Mm-hmm. And, like, around um, – I live in L.A. now. So, like, around March 12th was when in L.A., like, the mayor said, like, everyone stay home. And, you know, I think them being on a medical show and stuff, they just kind of took it seriously. And they're also rich anyway. They were like, we can take a break. And they stopped filming thinking that they could continue. But then since clearly this is going into the summer and all of that stuff, they kind of called it the season finale. Yes. So there were supposed to be three more episodes after last night. Huh. Interesting. So I just wanted to put that in your mind when you're watching it. That's well, that's super helpful. Thank you so much. Um, So like, 
thank you for joining. This has been like a wild roller coaster of a conversation, but I definitely appreciate it. We did get through those two episodes and other things, random things, real life stuff, uh, other shows, but I appreciate you joining. Thank you for having me. It's my first time attempting to podcast, so hopefully I did okay. <laughs> no, you did great. I appreciate you connecting with me and, you know, taking a chance randomly from Twitter to be like, hey, I want to be here. I'm like, sure, you know, so I appreciate Yeah, it was coming. really cool. Yeah, I definitely would like to have you back because I think they're like great things to talk about. Uh, I'd love to talk about This Is Us more, but also just have like, a you know, a, a more serious episode about women's health and just, you know, healthcare in general. I would love to talk about that. Me too. I would love that. Awesome. So, And I'm sure there's even more shows we both watch that we can I'm dig sure. into. I'm sure. So well, welcome to have it. Normally I talk about 90 Day Fiance because that's my guilty pleasure, but um there are other shows that I, I watch in the background because I work from home a lot and I like to have my TV kind of going. So oh, yeah. um, cool. Well, thank you, Ruby, for joining. Thanks, I don't know Glenn. if you want to shout out your Twitter handle for people to follow sure. you. Sure. I Go literally ahead. have 30 followers, I think, because <laughs> it's just where I ramble about stuff. It's just at Ruby Reacts. And um, I used to do lots of like The Bachelor um, live reactions for the West Coast. It's kind of hard being on the West Coast because – Usually people are watching on East Coast time. Yeah. I think that react a little more because by the time people watch it over here, they've already heard what everyone has to say. Mm. But I'll just like randomly, you know, tweet about either like movies I see on Netflix. I'll talk about like we did Grey's Anatomy. It was like I was just so shocked that nobody agreed with me that I was like, I have to say something. Yeah. So pretty much any ABC show. I love soapy shows, really bad reality television, lots of Bravo. So I'll just be on there and I just rattle off at random. Thank you, Ruby, for joining. You guys follow her on Twitter so to see her reactions. We'll definitely have her back. This has been episode 48 of Gab with Gwen. Uh, Till next time, peace. Peace.